Thanks for listening to Leadership Level Up. I'm Brian Prairie. And I'm Dr. Jeff Williamson. I am just starting my leadership journey. And I've been guiding leaders for 30 years. Our podcast aims to shine a spotlight on outstanding leaders and provide a platform for them to describe their leadership journey and share the guiding principles that have helped them become great leaders. Welcome to Leadership Level Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Williamson. My co-host, Brian Prairie, is with us. And we're happy today to have our friend Antonio Marshall back with us for uh, another conversation. We uh, had an interview a while back. And you talked about some key leaders in your life, uh, Coach Trey, Ralph Trey Hodge was your yeah. basketball coach at Olivet, as well as your father and some key people like that. And so it, it continued to talk about leadership. I want to bring that forward to more of the recent here and now. Yep. And that is that when you were really, I think, finishing up your playing days and were uh, beginning to serve in the role of a coach at, at the university, you started to bring together this concept of a, of a nonprofit ministry that mm-hmm. you now call man on fire. Yeah. And so I wanted us to, to talk a little bit more about that, learn a little bit more about what that is, who you serve, what your goals are for that, because I've, I've known about yeah. that for a long time and it's just a beautiful part of, who you are and what you do that's separate from your role at the university, separate from your role uh, in, in ministry that you did before yeah. uh, the past five years, really. Yep. So talk to us a little bit about where did Man on Fire come from yep. and what is a part of your mission and purpose for that? Yeah, well, first off, thank you guys for having me back on. Excited to be here with you. Thank you. Um, Man on Fire really, I think, was something that God birthed in me. Mm-hmm. So in 1997, my family and I are living in a um, kind of a bad area in Indianapolis, Indiana. Um, our apartment catches on fire. The apartment building catches on fire, extends to our apartment my dad, um, we we're kind of stuck third floor. Dad tries to lower himself down from the third floor to the second floor um, and falls. So we, we watch me, my three brothers and my mom watch my dad fall from the third story of a building, um, shatters his right leg, still has 11 screws in his leg to this day, permanently disabled, um, but then crawl to the fire department. Huge reason why dad is hero for me. Mm. I just watched my dad really give of his life um, for us. In that moment. Um, but then we move to Indi- uh, Spencer, Indiana, town out in the middle of nowhere in the sticks, kind of close to where you grew mm-hmm. up. And um, in 2002, our house, we we leave to go to a friend's house. We come back and anyone who's ever been to my house before, we live on what people have dubbed Marshall Mountain. <laughs> so we live again out in the middle of the sticks. Um like gravel road, gravel slash dirt road. Um, when it rains, just potholes, all kinds of things. Whenever it snows, hard to get up and down the hill. We live on a huge hill. So we come home and it hadn't been raining at all, but we're co- about to go up our hill and we see water coming down. We're like, what's going on? Strange. Well, we get up there, fire departments there, our house had burned down, electrical mm. fire. Mm. Oh my God. 2002. I go to school at all of that, 2007 to 2012. Um, and going in, like actually finishing my senior year, um, that following that summer, July the 4th, July 3rd, me and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, O'Malley, we go home 
and wake up to July on July 4th to my mom yelling fire, fire. We're like, I'm thinking in my Again? head. Again? Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in my head. This can't be happening. Well, man. I'm thinking, I don't, my mom, is she cooking something? Yeah. Oh, there's a, a little, maybe flash. she needs somebody to like help her put it out. I'm not going to be the one to do it. It's too early. Like my dad can help her. But then I start to realize after a moment, like she's not yelling fire as in like. Somebody help me. Somebody help me put this out. She's yelling fire. Like everybody better get out of the house. So in 2012, July 4th, 2012, we watched um, our house burn down. The unique thing about that is um, I acknowledge Jesus as Savior and Lord 2011. So a year previous to that, um, 2012. Um, God's doing some things in my life and, um, I meet with Greg Chenoweth, Greg Chenoweth, um, speaks some life into me. He says, I could see you running a ministry called man on fire. First time those words had ever been spoken to me before. I didn't come up with man on fire myself. Um, and also then, so I could see you just like speaking in front of a lot of people. Both of those were kind of scary to me as a new Christian, not really knowing and, um, like, okay, you're thank figuring you. out a lot yeah, of things yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah. Coach Hodge yeah. gives me my first young man, Leighton Howard, to train. And I'm like, I love basketball, love the process of getting better, but I don't like me leading someone and helping them. But it really felt like in this season, God, like, say all that to say, like, the words made on fire within, I mean, like, just were spoken to me. Um, the third fire happens. Um, Leighton Howard, this young man, I start training. And it felt like in many ways, God was starting to birth something in me using my own story. Um, it really just happened one evening. I was just riding out um, all of that, riding out on the, like by the soccer fields. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I was riding my longboard, um, just praying and thinking. And um, God just really laid um, my own salvation story on me. Basically, while and, and like really birth, like I see that as kind of the birth of Man on Fire, really, in those moments. And so Man on Fire came from that. Um, I think last time we had talked a little bit about the reality um, of just like sometimes we do things on our own and then God calls us to something bigger. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was my my season of being at Olivet for about three or four years with this ministry. I was kind of the solo artist, mm-hmm. kind of just training, um, doing basketball camps and things like that. And then God called me to go to Grand Rapids and be a youth pastor. And I really look at that transition for myself and transition has been a huge part of Man on Fire. Um, But I really look at that transition as the transition from God saying like, okay, here's what you can do on your own to what I'm actually calling you to do, which is going to be bigger than you. So then that transition to Grand Rapids happened and um, I've been kind of working on transitioning now that we're back in Bourbon A. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And Man on Fire really, I would say, took root even more when you were in Grand Rapids. Yeah. I mean, so, obviously, it started where we are now. Yep. But then, as you had opportunities to work with young students there, yeah. um, there were more things came out of Man on Fire in addition to yep. basketball training and camps yeah. and clinics. And I'd love to have you tell a little bit more about Torch and Blaze yep. and Tribe and some of the things that you yeah. built to help and continue investing in young yep. women and men. Yeah. So I think that transition from Bourbonnet to Grand Rapids in Bourbonnet, 
doing basketball training. It wasn't even a 501 at that point, just something like my basketball training named it kind of fire training and the organization made on fire. Um, I moved to Grand Rapids and within probably um, six months, met a young man named David and David helped me turn man on fire. A college student at Quarterstone helped me turn man on fire into a nonprofit organization. Um, That summer met some local kids Rashawn, who really now is like my son, um, Rashawn, Amari, Asan, and Aaron met them at a local park whenever I was doing some things with youth group. And I was like, Hey, like you guys are playing basketball. You're ballers. Hey, guess what? Let's talk. I got a, I got a gym. Like yeah. y'all don't got to play outside. Like what are y'all doing? It's snowing. Yeah. And those, like, honestly, those four young men are my, they're my little brothers now. Um, cool. Rashawn sees me as a dad. Um, and really the foundations of, what God was going to do in man on fire at that time. So then me and a group of a group of leaders got together and started to think, what do we want our mission, vision and values to be? Um, Jeff, you were a part of that. And so we um, felt called to a mission of leading people to authentic freedom in Christ. And our vision was really to create safe spaces for youth development, holistic youth development, so that these young people could discover their gifts and serve others. And really, that has been what we've been able to see, whether it through fire training, which is something that has always kind of existed in Man on Fire, our basketball training. But then we decided to develop something called Blaze a safe space for students who normally wouldn't have a safe space on a Friday or Saturday to do something with adults who cared about them. Um, And so we started just creating, hosting fun events, um, parties, if you will, um, and getting to know some community, some kids around the community. Um, We had something called Torch, which was an academic mentoring program that Hillary McDaniel led. And then we later um, developed something called Tribe, which is really like our our core group of 12 students that we invite into this discipleship, this mentorship relationship where they say yes and we say yes to them. And we are pouring into them by talking to them about strengths, which we talked about last time, helping them to understand how they are gifted um, in a safe space, but then really helping them to use those gifts to serve the mission, not just a man on fire, whatever God is calling them to as well. So that kind of has been the journey of man on fire and where we found ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So we back up to a little over a year ago, you have the opportunity to come back to your alma mater and role as a associate chaplain. And then about six months into into that, the chaplain who'd been here many years had another uh, job opportunity and moved. And next thing you know, you're the chaplain at the university. Yeah. <laughs> and so that has brought uh, other responsibilities as a leader, as yeah. an influencer, those kinds of things. Um, but I think it's also been a neat time because of you coming back in the community to it, to have that, those roles at the university, it's allowed you to really re redirect or revision man on fire in a new geographical location, still doing a lot of the same things, but some things different. So, you know, what's man on fire look like looking like and becoming today now that you have made that transition. Yeah. As a leader, one of the things, first off, I want to say the, the opportunity to be called back to Olivet and then to the community of Kankakee was one that, um, Man, just an amazing blessing. Really, for me, this feels like home. Um, all of that, 
Kankakee. Um, it feels like home and really the place where the ministry Man on Fire got started. So in many ways, it's coming home to family, coming back to where the mission got started. Um, but one of the things as a leader that I didn't want to do is I didn't want to assume that everything that we had created as an organization, all the safe spaces, if you will, initiatives were initiatives that were needed anymore. Um, and so we created a lot of those initiatives, those safe spaces based on what we were seeing as needs in the community in Grand Rapids, based on having conversations with like-minded organizations, based on having like having relationship with kids and realizing some of these kids literally have no food to eat on a Wednesday. They have no one who's pouring into them when it comes to their academics. They are playing basketball outside when it's 32 degrees outside because that's just what they love to do and are looking, they're starving for someone to like pour into them. So a lot of our initiatives were birthed out of relationship. One of the things that I wanted to do as a leader was to take some time to evaluate the landscape of this place again, to see what are the realities of need around here and what are the ways in which we are called to kind of like help. We're not naive enough to think that we're the only ones that have a heart for this community. We know that there are a lot of other organizations, a lot of people who are trying to pour into youth um, and really just want to come alongside people, come alongside teens, youth, um, for whatever for what it is that they need, and so in these days, we one of our first things is to discern uh, discern what is needed, have conversations with like minded organizations, and to figure out what that looks like. With that being said, we definitely feel like basketball is something that is at the core of who we are much, um, yeah. and tribe. So outside of that, we are just trying to engage in conversations with principals. Kind of a wait and see, yeah, yeah. just. What what are the specific needs? Mm -hmm. But I think one of the things we know that for this community, basketball is huge. Um, We know that it's a place where relationship first and foremost can be had. Um, And then to be able to leverage relationship um, and the game of basketball to help an individual not just become a better basketball player, but to grow as a person. And so, man, it's been such a blessing to come back. A young man. I just want to shout him out. Jordan Davis from St. Anne He's doing amazing things there. I've been training him. It's been a blessing to just see him grow, not just on his game um, as a basketball player. He's doing amazing, but just as a young man in school, um, caring about his grades and things like that. Um, and so I think that for us, um, we we have some things that are at the core of who we feel like God has called us to be. But also we're holding we're holding our hands open in this season, I guess. And saying, what are the needs in the community and how can we partner? So, yeah. So you're having conversations with some of the area high schools, with other nonprofits, with churches and ministries to to learn some of those yeah. things as to like, hey, are there things you're doing that Man on Fire can partner with? Yeah. Um, are there gaps that that maybe we ought to step into at some point in the future. So yeah. uh, talk a little bit about that. Like yeah. Some of the I know that you've had. Yes. I know that Kankakee, like the Kankakee area mm-hmm. has um, a community liaison that, um, and she's really working really, really hard. Um, Rebecca parks right. working really, really hard to create um, relationships with like-minded organizations. Mm-hmm. I know that Youth for Christ in this area is huge. Aaron mm-hmm. Clark with the Kankakee Forgives and the initiatives. Um, and, and Youth for Christ also has a tutoring. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, do we really need to create another tutoring? Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's something that we really need. 
Um, yeah. So link arms, thinking maybe. about having conversations with them, mm-hmm. what are some areas that you guys, we can fill gaps, mm-hmm. um, talking with principals, talking with other people, just about what it is that schools are really feeling like students are needing in this specific area and how can we help? Yeah. That's so. great. Yeah. And I know one of the things that we've all had, uh, I hope a greater sense of awareness to the need is the mental health needs of of everybody. But in in the case of those you're serving, particularly young junior high, high school and even college age students that that you interact with on a daily basis. And so I I think that's one of the key things that we're all trying to navigate. We're all trying to navigate and figure out, is there something or there is it, figuring out what is that something that yeah. I, we, us can do yep. in that space? Because I know you encounter those kind of challenges yeah. as you work with high school and, and young college students as well. Yeah, it is. It is something for us. We, um, I think we, we are a Christian organization, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. if you will, but we recognize and realize that spirituality, um, without meeting spiritual needs, without also meeting physical needs, Mm -hmm. without meeting mental, emotional Mm -hmm. needs, without Mm -hmm. meeting relational needs um, is not it. We, we want to be able to help a student, help a person holistically. And so thinking about what that looks like, the greatest thing that we can do at times is maybe to offer some food. The greatest thing that we might be able to offer a kid may not be a spiritual thing, um, but it may be just bringing him in the gym and teaching him how to shoot a basketball, showing him that there's value mm-hmm. in in just spending time mm-hmm. learning how to mm-hmm. shoot or dribble a basketball. Mm-hmm. So meeting those physical, mental, emotional needs are are things that we feel like are so important to really develop a person holistically. Yeah. So and I think back to what you talked about, Amari. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, yes, you started interacting with him and his brothers and others uh, over the game. But then it's also like, Hey, you were someone they learned they could yep. trust. Yeah. They learned that you were someone they could go to yep. um, above and beyond any sport, any game. Yeah. And I think that's part of the, really the incredible work that you've been able to do with men on fire is that it's so much more than the game. Yeah. Even though that's the, yeah. that's the I core mean, that's, and that's the starting point using the relationship to leverage. And yeah. so it's been a blessing to watch a young man like Rashawn, who mm-hmm. whenever I met him, he was 13 or 14 years old. Mm-hmm. He was walking to McDonald's, um, was about to be emancipated from his home. And he's okay with me mm-hmm. sharing some of these things. Mm-hmm. He's 19 years old, 20 years mm-hmm. old, and now he's running 10 McDonald's. Um, Amari mm-hmm. Stewart has, is a young man who loves, loves basketball, has always had a heart for basketball. And he's gone from just like, playing basketball to like now he's about to step into a situation where he's going to be playing some professional basketball overseas. Mm -hmm. Um, Asan, his younger brother is a young man, 12, 13, when we met him struggling in school, about to get kicked out of school. Mm -hmm. Um, Now he's a worship leader. He's helping lead worship at a church. And and none of this is just because of man on fire. It's because of some teachers, Mm -hmm. because of parents, Mm -hmm. people who really care about them. But it's been an amazing, it's been a blessing to be a catalyst again mm-hmm. to like help them to realize the authentic freedom piece. Um, and then just creating safe spaces for them to learn right. about their gifts. They're, right. they're, they're gifted. Um, and, and Rashawn can use his knowledge about 
fast food and now lead and franchising and all the business and now lead as a 19, 20 year old lead 10. That's amazing. As a general manager. And just, so just proud of the ways in which we've been able to like, um, see these young men, yeah. young women step into who God is calling. I was just be. having these fond flashbacks too, because I've known you for years and I had opportunity to meet all those guys you were yeah. just talking about yep. when they were eight, nine, 10th graders. <laughs> and then to, to, to hear now. the updates on what they're doing, yeah. boy, that, that, that inspires my heart yeah. for yep. sure. Yep. What are some of the, um, surprising things when you're, when you're, when you're, cause when you talk to that age group, Sometimes they think, you know, I feel like they, you know, we, we talk above them or we talk mm-hmm. down to, down to yep. them. Like when you talk with them, yeah. like what are some of the surprising things that you hear from them when you're talking with them? Yeah, man. <clears throat> I think, um, I like just like thinking about an incarnational model. So what you were just talking about, like never want, you want them to feel like you are just with them, mm-hmm. like not above them. Um, not even really below them in a way, but just like with them. Shoulder to think, shoulder yeah, is a yeah, phrase yeah. I love. So know? I think a lot of times right now, what I've what I've experienced, um, and the blessing I think of Man on Fire has been, I think we thought that it was going to be an organization that would um, primarily focus on um, lower income. Um, I, I think we even inner city mm-hmm. um I think, but God has like blessed us to be able to have influence in a lot of different diversity is one of our values. And so a diverse level of whether it be economics, whether it be ethnicity, Mm -hmm. culture. Um, And the one thing that I think is universal is that there are a lot of young people that feel like they are alone, whether they are literally on their own or they have a big family, they have a family and yet. Because, you know, we can be in a room full of a thousand oh, people and, and still, still feel, feel lonely. Yeah. Absolutely. And so yeah. I think that feeling of loneliness is something that um, like really being alone when it comes to the core of who they are and what their hopes and things are for the world. I think that is something that I've I've witnessed and experienced um, as I've done the work of youth ministry over the last like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrific. Which well, go ahead. Well, yeah, it, it sounds like, though, that you're you know, to use the basketball reference on the same team and yeah. you're trying to, yep. and, and to make them feel that they're not alone. That, yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the one thing when, when you're depressed or lonely is you feel like, well, I'm this Island and yep. I'm never going to get off this. Yeah. Island. And yeah. Having people around you that are like, Hey, I understand where you're at. Yep. And, but you know, uh, you know, let's go shoot some hoops. Yeah. But And that is the blessing is like, I, I mean, I think that, they are gifted. They have strengths, yes. but it takes someone just being with them and showing them that they notice it in them for them to real. like, sometimes that's all that it takes. Mm-hmm. It's not talking over them. It's not really talking directly. I mean, there's times where you have to have the hard well, conversation, yeah. Well, yeah. but a lot of the times it really is just as you are with people in general, specifically youth because of the organization, yeah. Yeah. like there's just something powerful about being with people and what that does yeah. to the psyche, mm-hmm. what that does, yeah. what that does to the person. It just brings out a, a, it brings out the best parts of us when we feel yeah. like we belong. Oh, yeah. Well, and yes. I think it, when, a, especially those, those tender years of junior high, high school for maybe someone, maybe anyone to just say, 
I like that about you. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's drawn me to strengths 20 years ago is just that, that people can say, I, I like that about you. I noticed yeah. how tuned in you are. I noticed how good you are. I noticed how yeah. you responded to that person who got hurt or you responded yep. to that person who had a, 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 a big win and you yep. were so plugged in and excited yeah. for them just to have someone in their life to say, mm-hmm. I like that about you. Yep. I think we all need that 